Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Antisocial Podcast. This is episode 193, and it's with my bloody mate, Mark Furtner, from the band Lord, that band that I play in as well. And uh, before we kick into this episode, if we haven't met before, how are you doing? I'm, pretty, I'm sure you all know me, but uh, if we haven't met before, my name's Andy Dowling. I play in that band Lord as well, and uh, we've got a brand new album that has been out for about a week now called Fallen Idols, and you can grab that by going to lord.net.au or... Oh, what is it? Lord.net.au slash Fallen Idols now? Possibly. Anyway, go to the website, find us on social media. There's links plastered all over the net. I've been going hard with the promo, but uh, reviews have been coming in. Everything's been positive. Uh, the pre-order campaign was a, was a complete success. We sold, we actually sold out of the first pressing. It's the most successful pre-order campaign we've ever done uh, from uh, the eras of Dungeon and Lord, um, every release. So it's just been incredible. So uh, go and check all that out. Uh, Great reviews. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming services. Go and have a uh, little gander, have a squiz, find out what it's all about. And uh, if you enjoy it, share it around. Uh, pass the song on to a mate and hopefully we'll win over a few more people. But go and check all that out over at lord.net.au. And also, uh, the album has been released now. I believe I'm just thinking of the date that this comes out. Yesterday, I believe it was released in Japan. Through Rubicon Music. So anybody that's been listening to this podcast over the past several months knows that I have been having mental breakdowns uh, with the release plans uh, in Japan for our album Fallen Idols. And uh, well, it's out now. So there you go. So um, you can check that out. Some of our more hardcore fans um, love to get every single version of uh, our releases. So you can go and grab that uh, through Rubicon Music. I think Disc Union, which is one of the big uh, music retailers over there, has got it as well. And um, no doubt uh, some of the other ones, um, HMV. HMV still exists in Japan, believe it or not. Tower Records still exists. Um, there's a few other uh music stores in Japan that will have the album. So you can go and check out all those places and should be able to pick it up pretty easily at that release that version has uh, obviously the 10 tracks from the album and it has uh what are the bonus tracks it's got john farnham's break the ice it's got um the wilder than the wind dicks out mix which is basically uh, an extended guitar solo no no vocal uh, version of wilder than the wind which is off the album and um i love that title by the way dicks out mix anyway um and there's also another cover which doesn't appear anywhere else it is an Iron Maiden cover for Judas Be My Guide. So any uh, fans of Fear, Fear of the Dark, that is uh, a pearler of a song and often a fan favorite. And we figured, uh, stuff it, let's get in there and record our own version of it. So that's on the Japanese version. So you can go and pick that up. Not available anywhere else at this stage. So uh, go and check that out through Rubicon Music. It was released the 7th of August, which I believe was yesterday. So very exciting stuff. Uh, Self-Starter, we are in season two with several episodes in now, um, in full swing. Thank you so much to everyone that's been supporting that, sharing the episodes around and still throwing me heaps of suggestions. Um, I'm pretty much banked up now for season two. I haven't made a decision on season three. I think if season three happens, it's going to be second half of next year, but um, I'm going to weigh up uh, what my plate looks like by the end of this year. So uh, Self-Starter is uh, well and truly underway for season two. Season one's still out, so you can go and check all that out as well. But it's all about self-employment, small business and freelancing, and uh, it's just a way to show people what it's like to be self-employed. And hopefully uh, for people that are already self-employed and have their own business or are a freelancer, it um, it shares best practices. It gives you some reassurance that there's other people out there going through the same uh, types of challenges, and, and you can learn a lot and hopefully improve what you're doing. Uh, but it also 
acts as a bit of inspiration for people that want to do it, but haven't quite taken that first step as well. So lots of great case studies, lots of stories from lots of different industries and people. Um, it's not music. It's not, there are music related, uh, topics in there, but a lot of it is retail, um, working from home, uh, lots of, lots of different industries, uh, stuff out there. So go and check all that out. Selfstarter.com.au. You can search for Selfstarter in your podcast player as well. It should be everywhere and, uh, hope you enjoy it. It's the shout out time. Every week I thank some freaking legend, some legend, some champion, some good person who supports this podcast. And it could be anything from a guest recommendation, a bit of social media love, right up to buying some merchandise, a t-shirt, a patch, the USB pass, which has got the first 100 episodes of the podcast over at andysocial.net on the online store, plug by plug. It could be shouting me a beer via the PayPal button over at andysocial.net. Whatever it is, it helps. It keeps this whole thing fueled keeps me motivated, keeps this podcast going each and every week. I'm putting out these episodes. It's just, it's great. So thank you so much to everyone that supports. And every week I pick one person, add them to the list of shout outs, uh, people that I need to thank and just give a little bit of gratitude back to them. So this week's shout out is for a previous guest of the podcast, uh, episode 171, I believe, Sean Ferugias. Sean is the frontman of Melbourne thrash metal band in Malice's Wake. Um, and the reason why Sean is getting a shout out on this podcast is that he, man, I'm playing catch up here. He sent me a message yonks ago and I'm, I'm just, anyway, I'm, I'm churning through this list slowly, but, uh, Sean sent a message ages ago and I'm going to read it out, but I'm um, just, it's a really cool thing. Just, it, it's amazing what a message can do. It's so just super cool and definitely, definitely worthy of, uh, of, uh, talking about it on the podcast. So, um, Sean wrote, Hey mate, just dropping in to say cheers for the work you were doing. I've been listening to back episodes nonstop for the last few weeks and your positivity and cool interviews really give me a boost. Most mornings always walk away with a bit of wisdom or new perspective on something. My nearly two year old little boy is saying, listen to Andy on the podcast in the back seat now. Ha <laughs> ha. Cheers, mate. That's awesome. Listen to me on the podcast. There you go. How cool. Uh, so Sean is an absolute legend. The guys are in the studio at the moment, uh, putting final touches on their upcoming album, The Blindness of Faith. Um, if you love thrash metal, definitely give Imalice's Wake a shot. They are just incredible. Some of uh, the best uh, sort of thrash in this country. Um, and I'm really looking forward to supporting them as their new album uh, drops at some stage in the near future. Um, Sean's a really talented guy, not only the front man for Imalice's Wake, but he's also um, an artist. Um, he's uh, done artwork for previous uh, album covers for Imalice's Wake, and he's doing the newest uh, album artwork as well, which uh, I've seen a little uh, preview mock-up of and looks really, really cool. So I'm excited to see how that's going to translate. I think he's doing uh, an oil painting. So um, very inspired uh, Nick Keller-esque, uh, if you're listening to uh, previous episodes of the podcast. And... Um, if you listen to the episode with Sean, he talks about a lot of this. Uh, so if you want to get a really cool backstory as you get ready for the new Imalice's Wake album, um, that episode is really, really cool. and gives you a lot of uh, a great narrative um, to sort of wrap, his, wrap around uh, this album that's going to be coming out from them soon. So massive thank you, Sean. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I'm so glad that you're continuing to listen to the podcast and loving it and putting up with my voice. And uh, it just means a hell of a lot to me. And especially for somebody who's been in the game for so many years, uh, somebody that I respect immensely. It's just super cool to get uh, little messages like that. It's just some great feedback. So um, shoot me a message and I'm going to find some fun stuff to send out to you in the post. I'm sure I'll find some really cool stuff laying around. So thank you so much, Sean. Really appreciate it. Now, um, 
I'm going to try and wrap this up really quickly. If you go to andysocial.net slash buy stuff, um, that is the portal page to all of my e-commerce platforms, not only the Andy Social Podcast and Lord, but Dominus Records, where we've got all of our collective side projects, whether it be Serenity Defiled, um, Black and Angel, From Beyond. Um, obviously, the podcast is there. We've got Mork and Andy stuff there as well. So if you want to, I don't know. Anyway, go and check that out. I did a cover of... Uh, uh, Bark at the Moon by Aussie called Mork at the Moon. So you can check that out. Um, you know, a lot of effort put into that one. So <laughs> have a look. And there's, I think there's a t-shirt there as well. Anyway, um, sorry, I digress. Uh, there's also links to my eBay uh, store, which has an eclectic mix of all sorts of odds and ends. Um, some of uh, Jess's old clothes, um, my clothes, music memorabilia, um, knick-knacky stuff. Um, so if you're looking for weird ideas for gifts and stuff like that, or maybe, I don't know, just go and check it all out. Um, heaps of stuff over there constantly being, uh, added to and Discogs as well. I've got 1800 plus, uh, CDs, records, cassettes, DVDs, um, all ranging from metal to rock, to punk, to pop, to jazz, to blues and everything else in between. Uh, so you can go over there and check it out. And if you hear, um, or if you're going to go and buy anything from any of these platforms and you are listening to me crap on about this right now, add a little message in with the order just to say that you heard me crapping on about all this in the podcast and I'll include some extra goodies in with your order as well. So I really appreciate it. Now, a few little thank yous before I wrap up this section. Uh, Patrick from Lutenbach in Germany. Uh, Anud from Ar Arjun or Arjun in France. I'm sure there's a better way of pronouncing that. Uh, Jim from Stockholm in Sweden. David from East Lakes in New South Wales. Uh, Again, freaking hell, David, man, like, thank you so much for buying like three quarters of my music collection. Um, Nathan from Lismore Heights in New South Wales, again, a legend, and Nathan has been buying heaps of stuff, so I really appreciate the support. Uh, Mick from Townsville in Queensland, Tony from Mount Laurel in New, Jer New Jersey, hmm, spit that one out, Andy, in the US of A, and, oh, Tejas, Tejas, Tejas from Arnhem in the Netherlands as well. So thank you very much, folks. Really appreciate it. And as always, folks, if you hear me crapping on about this stuff, please include a little note with your order to say that you heard me waffling on, and I'll include some extra goodies in the mail with your order as well. So thank you very much. AndySocial.net slash buy stuff. This week's episode 193 is with my mate, Mark Furtner. I've known Mark for, I don't know how many years, but uh, he's my best mate. Uh, he was my best man at my wedding a few years back. He is my bandmate in Lord as well. So guitarist in Lord, he's been with us. He's the newest member, newest, newest permanent member of the band. And uh, he joined in what, 2007 or 2008 or something like that. Anyway, it's been a long time. So he's been part of the band. Um, he's been a heavy contributor to the band. He wrote um, a large chunk of our new album, Fallen Idols with Tim. Um, he's just an incredible musician and person and, uh, I caught up with him. Um, I've been trying to twist his arm for, well, actually I was going to say months, but it's been years. Um, I've kept bringing it up with him and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll get around to it, blah, blah, blah. And we'd be somewhere he's like, nah, I want to, I want to do it when I'm in the right headspace and blah, blah, blah. And like just ultra serious about it. And, uh, we finally made it happen. So I went out to his place. We sat down and, uh, had a chinwag. He was signing a few copies of Fallen Idols. Um, so I had to go there anyway. And we, uh, we had a chat and, um, spoke about a whole bunch of different things. Just went all over the shop, uh, spoke about, uh, his, uh, weightlifting, his health, um, not drinking anymore. He's been sober for, for quite a few years now and, uh, his love of ESP guitars and a bunch of other stuff. So we just went all over the shop, just shot the shit for about an hour. And, um, I've got to say, uh, Mark uh, shot me a message afterwards and, uh, said that he wouldn't mind doing more of these. So 
I don't know, folks. You'll have to let me know. So what's the verdict after this episode? If you liked it, then uh, go and harass Mark, telling that you want to hear more from him. So we'll we'll work something out. I've got a few ideas. Uh, got to get Tim and Mark back on quite uh, more often in the future. And a lot of great feedback from Tim's episode as well, like really, really good feedback. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So anyway... Enough of me. Um, I'm going to put all the links to Mark's uh, social media pages in the show notes over at andysocial.net. should be able to click through it on your podcast player. Um, also, you can check out our band, Lord, by going to lord.net.au. The new album, Fallen Idols, is out, so you can go and check all that out. And uh, hope you enjoy it. So here we are. Here's my best mate, Mark Furton. <coughs> two, two, two. Two for 22. Two, two. Hello, hello. Yo, yo, yo. Well, I started recording now, so I've got some samples for later. Mother, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. Sample this, you're a cunt. <laughs> All right, you ready? All right. Um, hey, I was thinking when I was coming in today, because uh, you just signed a bunch of... Uh, booklets for the new album and um, I did a little drop off earlier in the week and given your house is like Fort Knox with you know, your security cameras and everything I thought I wonder if your neighbours think like, there's drug deals going on with your house like just these little packages getting dropped off roller door comes up well given the bloke across the road is a well how do I put this affiliated with particular members of motorcycling community, yeah. I think they're a little more interested in what he's doing oh, than, what, than what I might be doing. So what's happening here is child's play compared to what's, what's potentially happening across the road. I'm not of a concern to the authorities. That's right. Oh, I think um, maybe, maybe everyone's well versed in if, uh, if it's not happening under my roof, then it's none of my business. So mm. just uh, steer clear. That's why I keep the doors and windows closed at all times. Just, uh, That's why I got the cameras out there. Just watch, <laughs> watch what's going on on the TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've actually got them. <laughs> oh, well, my main reason for doing that was because I have a gym set up in the garage. Yeah. And I, the doors are closed. I'm not going to train with people walking by or anything. And the music's on and it's loud and I might want to hear, well, see if someone's at the door. And I don't necessarily hear the doorbell, so I've got a monitor in the garage as well that I just keep an eye on in case someone's here to answer the door, or if there might be someone that just want to completely fucking a door, if it's Mormons or someone. I know who just to... <laughs> Shout out to all the Mormons that just listen to this podcast. <laughs> if it's them, I know to turn turn the music up. So, I mean, most most normal people would probably just wait for a bang on the garage door or something <clears> like that, but you've decided, well, now let's uh, let's install a, a fairly elaborate uh, security system with some monitors so well, you can just, you it, know... It didn't initially <laughs> plan to be elaborate, even though it's now like eight cameras and a microphone and a DVR, or an NDR <laughs> system, <laughs> and it's linked to the bedroom, the lounge room, and the garage. But it's this is my piece of land. I own this shit, and... If I don't, I want to know who's at the door before I go opening it, you know, I'm just, that's just how I am. And if it's, might be someone that I'm not interested in talking to. And if I can see, see who it is, yeah, I'm not going to open the door. If like, just like when I saw you approaching today, I thought, fuck, do I really want to, no, I better let him in. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like an idiot coming up to the front door thinking, do I have to press this doorbell or not? Cause you probably already know I'm there. Mm. So that doorbell is probably useless. 
It is, but it looks nice at night because it's got a little light on it and stuff. Oh, okay, fair enough. There's little extras. But I mean, for obviously this is a <clears throat> this is a podcast, so people are just listening in. But um, I've just we're just sitting at your table and just turned around. And you've got this like large flat screen TV, and it's split up into four screens. So you've got at least four cameras there that are shining. On there are there are more around the back, but that's they're the only ones I'm interested in seeing. So I you can rotate it. between all of them. Can do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's if anyone's approaching. They're going to be coming from one of those. So, do you just ever sit there just when you're bored and just decide just to flick between the cameras and just, just see no, what's going on? but it, it's been good because I've had uh, problems with like what appears to be r- rummaging down the, the side of the, the back and the side of the house because there's like pebbles. Yeah. And you can see that something or someone's been in there and I can refer back to the footage and see that it's just a cat that's gone skits and <laughs> bolting down chasing a fucking lizard or something so. So you roll through the roll through the footage and like trying to look for any motion that's happened in the camera yeah well it's got night vision and stuff on oh, so really? I, can, I, can see, I can see what's going on Fort oh, next level. do you think that do you think that you're a pretty intense kind of guy because i i i think you're quite quirky and it makes you interesting. I mean, fuck, it's better than being just this normal, fucking ordinary, boring person. But do you think you're kind of an intense personality? Oh, me, some people may take that, but I, <laughs> I call it character. <laughs> I don't know. I just do what I do. I just can feel uh, those things interest me. So it kind of, I mean, like, I want to know. Uh, more about my surroundings than maybe like maybe I should just fucking relax a bit (laughs) 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 if I hear a fucking noise outside or something and I'll be curious I'm not going to think someone's breaking in but what's that and I've got monitors up I can it's good to know I mean we've got this really annoying sensor light out the front of our house and you know we've got hedges and everything so you know if it's a windy night or something or you've got spiders that are sort of throwing their webs across. And I'm trying to change the sensitivity of it, but it just comes on all the time. And when we first sort of moved in, you know, every time that light came on, I just instantly thought it was somebody. And then after a while, you just give up. So it sort of defeats the purpose of what a sensor light is because now I don't even pay attention to the sensor light. So it could actually be somebody in the front yard. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, oh, whatever. <clears throat> so it's, it's obviously just the sensor light playing up or being too sensitive. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's sort Whereas of the you, dub- can, the- you can analyze it a bit further. Well, yeah, that's the double-edged sword of the old sensor light. You, you go to rely on it and put it there for for a purpose and then it just becomes a nuisance and everyone just fucking ignores it well one thing that i i mean i mean this is a great example of you sort of really getting into the detail of something like like overthinking like where we're going to sit to have this (laughs) yeah we i i I made the mistake of asking you where we should where we should do this and you're sort of looking around and you already sort of gave me a bit of a rundown of you know, well, you know, the guys across the road might rev the engines or something like that. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, you've mm. been considerate. And we could go in the back room and it might be a bit cold in there. So I was like, no, nah, it's fine. We'll do it here. And then I've said, you know, do we do it at the table or on the couch? And you actually went over and sat down on the couch and I was watching the cogs <laughs> turning in your head, like sort of weighing up, am I comfortable enough over here? Can I maintain a, a conversation for an hour here? And then, well, <laughs> I, yeah, it's... I was. I started thinking about the guy and his motorbikes and stuff, and I thought, well, maybe if we're a few meters back this way, that might be a little less. Oh, that's right. It's a, a it's less, attention to detail. I think. I think you've got. I mean, you. Well, some people call it crazy or insanity, yeah. but 
attention to detail is good because that's what I that's what I'd like that's to put it down. That's why I run with that. <laughs> but that's I don't know. We all have those things that make us, you know, those quirks make us who we are, and and uh, that's not just a, a case of well, where am I going to sit for the next hour. <laughs> it it goes into what colour pickups am I putting in this guitar, or or how am I going to set this guitar up, or how am I going to train today, or yeah, well, How am I going to do this job at work that needs a particular, done in a particular fashion? How am I going to do it? Yeah. Overthinking might be the word to describe it sometimes, but not necessarily. Sometimes you need to be analytical about stuff. Well, I think, um, I mean, you, know, you just said it like, you know, doing sort of the weight training stuff or guitars or, or anything else. I mean, you've, like, you don't give a shit about a lot of stuff. And so you just don't pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And you have like a select number of things that you're really fucking into. Mm. And it's not just a case of, oh, yeah, like, I like, you know, playing guitar and, oh, yeah, I like doing a bit of, you know, weight training. It's like, I'm fucking in. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, I'm, I'm in completely. There's no half assing. Mm. Like, if, you, if you're into something, then that's it. You're, you're, and there's also like, there's a sense of pride that I think you have that you put out there. It's like, you know, the, I'm not, I'm not going to stuff around. Like it's, if I'm into something, I'm going to put everything into it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. No, I take great pride in, in my pursuits and I don't, uh, I don't really have the time to, or the, you know, the interest to pursue many, a great many things. Mm. There's a couple of things that I do. They're a very big deal to me and they, they take up all my time and all my resources and my efforts and energy, and that's fine with me, that's how I like it. Mm. That's, that's what I do. Those things, I'm really fucking good at it. If I can help you with these things, maybe you might get into that one day. You can come to me for assistance, and some, a lot of people do. Yeah. They know that, and um, that's just kind of how I do it. Otherwise, like you said, if it's whatever, <laughs> just... <laughs> Rush it off. You're you're pretty black and white in some in some cases. Like if you don't give a fuck about something, you you really don't give a fuck mm. about something. It's very hard to get you on board for <laughs> on a concept or an idea if it's just not if it's not high on the list of priorities for you or interest levels. It's mm. like I think for me, and sometimes it goes like it's a it's a weak point for me because I'll not that I'll pretend to be into something, but I'll try and make an effort and go out of my way probably to please people to sort of you know if somebody's got an interest in something or they want something then i'll even though it might be a pain in the ass i'll still go oh look yeah okay and i'll try and show a little bit of care a little bit of interest in what they're doing but i mean you just you just kind of just you just won't respond to something or you're just fucking i mean you're not rude about it but you just there's just no there's no mistakes about whether you like something or not well, I'm glad you threw the bit, that bit in there about not being rude because <laughs> it's not that I don't give a shit about what other people are doing, but we're all we're all busy, we all do our thing, and and kind of there's only so much time of the day. I know what I like. I know what I fucking like, mate. I've <laughs> got time for those kind of shenanigans, but, but I find time for the rest. Do you um? Do you find that it's more? Uh, um, what's what's the way of describing it? Do you think? Do you think that's more focused these days than it has been in the past? Because I've noticed, like from my point of view, differences in the intensity of um, you getting immersed into particular things more so these days than probably, I don't know, 10 years ago when we first met. 
Uh, I'm a little, uh, I'm more concerned with how I spend my time mm. these days. And I imagine that's what a lot of people, as they get older, come to <clears throat> come to think as well. And and if I'm going to put the time into into doing something, it needs to be. I mean, everyone has downtime. You might watch a movie or just sort of that kind of thing. But I'm just very particular with how I spend it, and it's got to be generally something that's um, you know is productive and satisfying and completes those parts of the old Fertner puzzle that, that I that I need to feel like I'm, I'm doing something with my life and, and having fun with it and you know I think uh, I mean you know when when we first met I don't think I think you may have had some gym equipment in your living room maybe um, but it wasn't something that was a big part of your life at the time and even guitars I mean you've always sort of well for as long as I've known you you've you've been sort of obsessed with sort of ESP and guitars and things like that but it just like at least for those two sort of topics they've sort of they, they feel like they're you've become more and more immersed or more intentional with with how much time you dedicate to those types of things <clears throat> is that do you feel that that's the case or is it just oh absolutely absolutely yeah. it's um I think the more the more I've gotten into the science of things over the years, and and that's just from watching Brian Cox, Neil Tyson, Carl Sagan stuff, which is mind-blowingly fascinating. I love that love that kind of stuff, the cosmos kind of stuff. And then I'm referring back to the science of us, the muscle, the bone, the the brain, the tissue, all that kind of jazz, which might be an odd thing to well, that's an odd thing to think about, but yeah, yeah. I don't know, just think about those things. Yeah, and then it sort of accelerates my my interest for weightlifting, and then the more the more you get into it, the more you think about the science behind it all, and then you start thinking, oh, that what I'm doing, what I'm doing here on the weekend, like the drinking, drinking booze, for example, that's, that's kind of affecting the science behind my lifting that, well, I take a bit more seriously. Yeah. So you, well, then, I then find ways to improve on, improve, improve on those things as well as the general, the, the technique and the art of of weightlifting itself. And then you find yourself, well, <clears throat> cutting things from your life so you have more time and energy to be better at, at those things. Did you find that um, like that was a big motivator for you, like in weightlifting particularly, to, to make that decision to stop, stop drinking was that it was almost what, not that it was completely redundant what you were doing by doing the weight training and drinking, but it was almost in some ways or in some aspects cancelling each other out, like you're putting this time and energy into something that you're developing an interest in. But, you know, when you, when you drink, it's sort of like, it's like one step forward and maybe 10 steps back or something <clears throat> like that. It's, it's very much like that because it, it's counterproductive and alcohol in my system was, was doing things that in, in everyone's system, it does the same, essentially the same kind of things, the negatives. <clears throat> and it was, it was just countering my efforts. I thought, well, this is a pretty easy choice. I might just do away with that. Just fuck it off. Just fuck it off. And was it easy? Uh, honestly, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, because I think it's when you when you've already in the back of your mind you've already made these the decision to keep making the right decisions. Yeah, it's it's like flicking a a light switch. It's like oh, okay, yeah, all right. I'm just going to stop doing that. Sort of, I guess you'd have little. Uh, little reminders or little sort of flags popping up leading up to that moment where you're probably still drinking or something like that and you're like, oh, here's another example of where I'm, I'm not at my optimal yeah. doing my weight training because of something and then uh, eventually it's sort of like I've already been, it's already been sitting there in my subconscious and yeah. eventually it's like, okay, gotta, gotta do yeah. it. Yeah, because it's a, <clears throat> you're not only dealing with the, you know, the, the, expendit- the financial expenditure for participating in that activity but you're paying for it the next day and I know that there's going to be a day wasted where I might be lying on the couch just trying to feel better when I could be hitting the iron or playing guitar or doing something that I really want to do so it's just I was just sick of wasting my time it's a it's a big thing because or at least from my point of view because people still think that you drink like people that don't know you that well like just perception mm. of the band like and because i still get out there and we'll have a beer and everything i think people sort of just think that it's like oh yeah well, i can't, can't wait to buy you and fertner a beer and blah blah <laughs> and i'm like oh well i'll have a beer but <clears throat> fertner doesn't drink and, and and tim doesn't i mean not that you're offering tim a drink but yeah tim doesn't <laughs> <laughs> tim doesn't drink beer either and blah blah and and people people are still surprised that uh that you don't drink and I mean you're you're one of those people where I don't think it's in in you it's not part of your makeup where you need to go and tell people what you're doing you just get on with it and do mm. stuff I'm a little bit the other way where I've got to kind of show people hey look, look I'm doing it. stuff I'm, I'm gonna do stuff look look at me look at me give me <clears throat> give me some give me some Facebook likes or some shit mm. but um I think because you just get on with stuff people obviously you know, naturally would not know everything that you're doing as well but, I mean, when did you stop drinking? Like four, five? Uh, four, four, four years, years ago? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's a fucking long time. It shoots by. I mean, and I'm never, like the, I was never the type of bloke that would crack a beer after work. Hmm. It'd be more the weekend social thing. And had a lot of fun doing it over the years, but it's just, you know, gets to a stage where people change. It's, hmm. Things change. And that's... Four, five, four, four years ago, mm. and that's just a part of me that doesn't exist anymore. It's gone, and new parts come to life, and or new motivations, and all the good bits, the the better parts, I should say. That you know, it's not to take away from people that do drink. I, I couldn't give a rat's ass mm. what anyone does, um, but just it's allowed the the better parts of me to sort of come forward. I think um, I think one thing that people struggle with is it's probably not so much the the actual drinking itself. It's like the it's the social aspect. It's the it's the habit that's formed from it where you you sort of associate it with other things. Like for me, like you know, it's not like I very rarely will drink. If I'm going to drink, I won't have anything more than probably three or four drinks in one hit. It's just way too much. Like last night, I had I had two cans, and I was just like, I'm pff, like I'm done. Like and. Mm. And I sort of laugh at myself and just go like, you know, 10 years ago I would have gone, you fucking pussy, what, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> but and it's just like, ooh, my, um, I don't know, my body just like, just 
there's nothing, there's no energy, there's no electricity, and I can feel it sort of going in the opposite direction of, of anything positive. And so you sort of go, oh, I tap out now. But, um, but a struggle that I've sort of had over the years as things naturally change is that I've subconsciously developed habits around drinking, you know, like you go to a gig, you have a drink, you know, even like when we just, we've just done a run of shows and like <clears throat> we're having a joke about it. It's like, you'll, you'll say to me, like, you just get a few under your belt, get <clears throat> loose on stage and you'll, you can set the tone for the energy on stage yeah, and we'll just run, we'll, we'll follow you. Yeah. And, and for me in my head, like if I go up without a drink, I mean, I can do it, but it takes a lot more mental energy for me to have the awareness to go, okay, I need to step it up and I need to be able to ensure that I've got a, a level of energy throughout that set. Mm. And I've developed a habit where if I have a drink, then I don't have to think about it as much. And it's just such a stupid thing to even verbalize, but it's, that's, I think that's what the difficulty is with a lot of people that make the decision to stop drinking is that they've associated all these weird little habits around it. Mm. Like, you know, I go to the pub or I see every time I see a friend of, you know, we always have a drink, so I've got to have a drink. And now suddenly I don't have a drink. So, I mean, you said it was easy to sort of give it up, but did you find that there was sort of little habits and things that you just associated with drinking, even if it was just the weekends? <clears throat> um, you can, uh, your brain just kind of shifts gear and it, it finds new things to, to focus on and think about. Well, I, I found anyway, so I'm sure that would be the case for, for some, but it was... <clears throat> just sort of freed me up to think about you know the then and now and what's what I really need to be focusing on like tuning my guitar or, or something so <laughs> <laughs> getting ready for the show <laughs> making sure I remember the songs yeah. well, I definitely I think we've I think we've definitely improved over the years with uh, the reduction of alcohol across the across the whole the whole band. Good times. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> but um, I think, I mean, the, probably the, I'm having a guess, but I'm assuming that the fact that you had other interests there and things that you gave a shit about and passionate about helped you make, it was easy to make that decision because I think if you had nothing else to sort of immerse yourself in, then that would have been quite difficult <clears> or there wouldn't have been enough motivation for you to go, oh, I want to make that, that decision, that, that change in lifestyle. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like if you're a, <clears throat> if you're a, a grown adult and you decide to eat fucking lollies for dinner or something. Yeah. You're a, you're in a, you're a grown up now. You should know better that that's not an appropriate thing to do for yourself or your body. So that's kind of like on that same kind of, under that same kind of wavelength. It's not for me. Like I said, I'm yeah. not, I'm not comparing myself to anyone and anyway, everyone does their own thing. But for me, that wasn't the appropriate thing to do anymore. And I just had to put to bed. And it was just easy because when I, when I have a, a rather large mental shift, it is literally the light bulb moment, switches flicked, and my brain's gone in a completely different direction and left the old one. That's it, just kicked it to the curb. It's like you're committed now and that's it. Yeah. No turning back, no yeah. second guessing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that works for me. Yeah. It may not work for everyone, but it works for me. And that's because I'm, I like to focus and just refocus and I need that daily goal, long-term goals, of course. The daily ones are, are essentially long-term ones anyway, but when they're broken down into the daily goals, that's really driving, I find. It's really, really drives me. Yeah, I think, um, 
I've certainly got the <laughs> the vibe from you over the years that you you like a bit of structure. Mm. Yeah, you know, like to like to know what's going on. Well, no, that's, no, no fucking about. <laughs> I guess that's you, you get you inherit things from from parents or whatever that kind of comes down through the family tree. I think I've got a bit of that old fashioned kind of thing in me that sort of does that. But and it's well, it works for me. So, oh, I mean, sometimes uh, the discipline of just being consistent. You know, having it doesn't have to be like when you talk about sort of structure or, or schedule or routine or anything like that doesn't mean that it's automatically exactly the same thing no. every single day. It's just, it's a level of just showing up every day of some yeah. form of consistency because, you know, that's the same with a diet or eating food and doing weight training. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to have a baseline and go from there. People roll their eyes when, when they hear those words and well, I can, I can imagine it anyway, but it's not, it's not all like that because when you're, when you're enjoying it, mm. It's, well, it's literally nothing like that at all when you're enjoying it. It's, that's exactly the push that gets me to do what I want and need to do. Mm. So I welcome it. I, I love that. I love that uh, you know, I take my vitamins at you know, certain times of the day and roughly training you know, similar times and the, the set times and all that sort of stuff. Because it's like there's your... There's your sort of that's it for the day. I can do it, mm. do it well. Like just you're wasting your fucking time otherwise. So yep. I need to think about the the lead in, lead up to it, so that I can get the maximum out of it. Well, I haven't been around you too much when you've been doing your weight training. But uh, if anyone anyone listening's seen um, the little pre prog power video where uh, we were getting ready for the show the night before with a bit of um i can't uh, remember what song you played. uh it was like but automatically just started thinking of like, rocky yeah i think it was it was very it was rocky-esque anyway but um i don't know you love a bit of a grunt when you when you get into your into your weight training do you think that that uh sort of helps you a bit when you when you pump an iron like, like grunting just, yeah noise. like well yeah you, you know, you, i was gonna i was gonna do my impression of that then <laughs> come on <laughs> well it's it comes with it's you, you make noise it's that's what happens and if you if you know that lifestyle you know that you make a bit of a racket when you're when you're doing it you have to because it's it's all about the do you think you get more energy when you do it like because i'm just thinking like if you're trying to suppress like that that noise that effort that's coming out of you then that almost you'd probably be tensing your body in the wrong way just trying or you're distracting your body like you're trying to suppress something that's probably a natural sort of release of doing the weights well, i don't know what's mean it's up to the individual yeah, of course yeah. everyone being different but i find it helpful and most most lifters would would say that they find it helpful bit of a so, bit of an exhale bit of a just well it's it's that it's just igniting that flame in your head to it's primal to get that fucking to get that last rep up or to or to go for that that last one. Go yes. for gold. What do you tell yourself in those last reps where it's just like yeah, everything in your, in your head's just going, nah, that's it, mate. Like, <clears throat> don't bother with the last one. You're like, what, what are you, what's the self-talk? Well, it's not really, it's not like there's phrasing going on in my mind as I'm doing it, but I know that just the automatic, automatically knowing that if I don't get it up, I'm wasting that set because the bulk of the, the growth, the muscle growth comes from 
the, those final strains in the in the reps where you're really forcing it because that's when you're doing all the damage to your muscles for the regrowth all the, the other you know five six seven eight whatever however many reps come before that mm. that was just a warm-up that's so there's no there's no sort of uh you're a fucking loser you're a piece of shit. You're, you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> if you don't do this now, you may as well just fucking, that's it. It's all over. It's all no, over. No, there's no. Nothing, nothing like that. No. No. Um, I've noticed over the years that your guitars seem to be getting smaller and smaller. You, uh, you've, uh, you know, whether, whether you're deliberately just buying smaller scaled guitars or, or whether you're increasing in size, I don't know. But uh, I've certainly noticed that the, the ratio, the proportion has, has changed slightly over the years. Well, that's, the, <clears throat> that's part of the, the overall goal is the size increase. Mm. And as you can see, like, I'm <laughs> busting out Hulk. <laughs> fucking wearing that Camelot shirt. Have anyone seen like Mark or knows Mark? In, there's this Camelot shirt you've been wearing for years. Like, I don't know how long you've had that shirt for. It had to be 10 years. Okay. Um, at least 10 years. 11 years. Uh, 10 years. Uh, you certainly get good good usage out of good a shirt. Of it. Yeah. But uh, now, I don't know if it's a combination of you just hulking your shirt or uh, a bit of moth action, a bit of <laughs> combo. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking moths. <laughs> My cupboard. <laughs> But it's still good. It's it's managing to stay on on your body. So I guess it's still got a little bit of life. It's, I reckon if you still got that shirt in another ten years, I would not be surprised. I'll still have it. Uh, whether or not I'm wearing it is a different story. But that's I think that these holes just from because I've worn it so much, it's just been washed a fucking gazillion times, <laughs> and it's just copped the beating. Just, well, yeah, I think you, um, I think you've moved away from some of your. Oh, yeah, well, maybe not. Um, I think you had track pants that just had these gaping holes in them from years ago. Like, I think you were also, I don't know, you were wearing them around the house or something like that. And yeah, <clears> well, just... see, I've matured a bit since then. Oh, and, okay, all right. And, and uh, as you can see, my maturity's brought me around in my Star Wars pyjama pants, but there's no holes in them, at least. <laughs> it's, oh, and uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about something slightly more uh, informative for the listeners, but... Um, Speaking of pants and holes, uh, I, I believe you had a slight mishap, a, a wardrobe malfunction at our Adelaide show just recently. Yeah. Oh, Those are new pants too. They were well, pretty new pants. I only had them for a couple of months. But first, what was the first song we played? It was Footsteps. And that, I think it was the very first power stance I just sort of lunge into. And I could, well, I obviously didn't hear it. It was too fucking loud, but I just felt it just straight up the guts and like oh my fucking god like not happened in the last song or something so i was trying to show shane he was off to the side i sort of wander over get his attention and just point at my crutch and at first he was kind of like on his face what do you want me to look at your dick for matt just, just play your show and i think he finally he looks over and he jerry he, he cottoned on as if to say, I oh, suck shit. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I didn't know until you told me afterwards, but um, it was a fucking, a fucking big hole. Oh, it was fucking massive. It just spanned from like right at the front all the way to the fucking back. Fucking, there was only, the guitar was just covering it. <laughs> so, oh, so if, if you had the guitar in front of you, probably no one would have seen it. Oh, I think a few people would have caught it. Maybe not immediately in front of me, but yeah. took it off to the side. <laughs> would have seen it. And... I'm surprised that you had a second, a second <clears throat> pair there ready to go. Like I, yeah, 
impressed, but well, as you said, you know, you've... Because of the gains going on here, mate, I've had to bring a, a larger pair of stage pants <laughs> so I can move in them because my general ones are a bit small and I can't play, you know, move around on stage in them. They yeah. just feel really tight and it feels awkward and I can't, I can't sort of kneel down or to the you, power stance. Were you compromising on your power stances after that first tear? Well, I was... Were you like a little bit sort of self-conscious after that? It threw me off a little (laughs) for a song or two. And then uh, there was not much I could do about it. It was there, so just get on with the show and keep doing it. I've um, I've got a pair of uh, jeans that I've been wearing on stage for the past few years. I mean, we haven't been doing a lot of shows over the past few years, but... um, there's a hole underneath the arse of one of one side, and then there's a hole sort of inside the the crotch. And I've got fucking peg legs anyway, so it doesn't really matter too much. But I'm just waiting for just one stupid thing where I'm just going to have a, a few too many beers on stage, and then think I'm I don't know the Karate Kid again, and start tr- trying <clears> to do a fly kick or something, and just just lose them, just lose them completely. Yeah. They're they're pretty close. And then everyone will see your Spider Man undies. <laughs> Yes, they they shall, they shall. Um, what do you think is the most prized guitar in your collection? I don't know if I could really answer that because they're, they're all like children. They're all, <coughs> they're all yeah. my babies, mate. Yeah. Don't want to show favouritism. Yeah. Well, what's your favourite at the moment? Uh, probably the, the MX that I recently picked up. I say Explorer, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So that's... Um, only because it's the latest one. And it's not to say it'll lose favour with me or anything, but mm. I'm just particularly fond of it because it's a different uh, shape and it's it's a different, completely different guitar from what I normally play, which is a, a Super Strat ESPs. So it's just been, it's been nice playing something out of the ordinary for, for me, very ordinary for some other people that are used to, you know, not having a Floyd and, you know, 22 frets and that kind of thing. But mm. for me, it's like, it's like, I might as well be playing an acoustic or something. It's that sort of... That different. Yeah. Um, when was the last time that you owned a guitar that wasn't an ESP? Because, fuck, like, you're a, you're a pretty fucking ESP-obsessed individual. <clears throat> I mean, have you... Loyal. <laughs> loyal. <laughs> loyal to the bitter end. But is, I mean, when, when was the last time you owned a guitar that wasn't an ESP and how long ago was it? Like, it went, I'll probably just ask that question twice. Um, well, <clears throat> it was a long fucking time ago. Um, I did own a, I had a Washburn Dimebolt signed by Dimebag and I had that back in the 90s. And um, I think I'd, I'd sold that, well, a long time ago now. Um, and otherwise, otherwise it would be when I was a teenager and kind of just looking, feeling, putting the feelers out and playing some different brands, trying to get an idea of what I liked or what looked cool and that, that kind of thing. So the last non-ESP guitar was, you know, two decades ago. So. And you got that... Oh, hang on, I've got to go off on a tangent. You got this, uh, this guitar, this Washburn signed by Dime. Mm. Was that like at an in-store or something like that? Or? Yeah, it was It was the afternoon of the Great Southern Tranquil Tour in Sydney Entertainment Centre. Um, and the people that I'd got 
bought the guitar from <clears throat> arranged that I could be sort of VIP for meet and greet that Don was doing that afternoon. Oh wow! And it was fucking amazing. Oh, so you bought the guitar like brand new, or is it? Sort yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, brand new, brand new. And so they just had some sort of in or affiliation with because <clears throat> they had something to do with it. I can't remember. It was fucking long time ago. Yeah, right. um, they got me on some little VIP list, and I, I was quite young. I was still in high school. And I remember walking down or bussing it in with this fucking huge case and it's fucking heavy too. And I'd be I was walking down Parramatta Road to the guitar store where wherever it was, whatever it was, I can't remember. And there was a fucking massive queue of people waiting waiting their turn and someone sort of motioned for me to recognise me. It might have been the guy from the, the shop. Recognised me to come in and I'm walking past all these people that are just fucking scowling at me like, oh, fucking get line. VIP. What, what, what are you doing coming in front of me? <laughs> Who do you think you are? All those, all those flano shirts. Yeah. Well, you fuck off, cunt. I was get, probably wearing Get to the too. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I strolled on in and, and um, Big Val was, if, you, oh, yeah. if anyone's seen the Pantera home videos, mm. Big Val was there being big and, and Val. <laughs> and I had my... My Kodak fucking camera. Oh, a little disposable or something? Oh, it wasn't disposable. No. It was the old film, yeah, the yeah. film type. And I said, whoa, wow. I said, can I get a... I was shitting myself. I was this yeah. scrawny little high school <laughs> high school dude. And can I get a picture with you, Val? And he didn't, didn't say a word. He just sort of takes one step. Well, it's all it took for him to get right in front of me. He fucking just grabbed my camera. And I was like, oh, thinking shit like I don't know if there's like no picture policy yeah, or yeah. something that's just waiting to be crushed and he just fucking grabbed me and pulled me into his huge frame his bosom yeah and stuck the camera out and, and did took, an old school selfie yeah back back before selfies became yeah, cool and took a couple of pictures and I was extremely fucking relieved because he wasn't going to eat me <laughs> <laughs> and uh and stoked that I hadn't even met Dimebag yet and you're already fucking buzzing. Buzzing, getting pictures with Big Val. I think that was one thing that uh, that Pantera did so well with those videos is they made like their whole inner circle famous. Like mm. they, they're all they're all personalities. They're all like their own characters, and so like I, I didn't. I saw I saw Pantera. I mean, whenever the last tour was, two thousand or two thousand one, that uh, reinventing the steel up in Brisbane, and. Um, I remember seeing Bobby on the side of the on the oh. side of the stage with his little little shitty camcorder thing, mm. um, and I'm pretty sure I saw Big Val there as well. But um, and then and obviously like their their actual texts and everything, mm. and um, and I was like more excited, like almost more excited to see them <clears throat> and realize that they were real people, even though I've been watching these videos, <clears throat> than to actually see the band get on stage and, and play. It was just so cool because I'm like, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy, and you could identify them straight away. Yeah. And I thought it was fucking... Oh. I mean, they probably weren't sort of sitting around a table going, how are we going to market this and yeah, let's make all of our road crew personalities. <clears throat> it was just a natural thing, but fuck, it was smart. Like, they, just, were, they were famous in their own right, those blokes. Yeah. Guy, guy, go for guy. Boot to the cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> shit that still just... Bits in my yeah, brain wow. floating around from those, yeah. those quotes from those videos. Three, watch it go. But I don't think they would... Uh, well, they obviously, as you said, they didn't... In, well, as far as we know, they didn't intend on, hey, let's make everyone famous. It's just what they did. Dime was a, a fucking menace who would film half that shit and mm. put fire crackle, crackers down people's butt crack and <laughs> yeah. whatever crazy shit. And 
you know, when I met him, he was he was just the nicest bloke too. So obviously you don't know the real ins and outs of mm. someone by a single meeting, but you can get a general vibe yeah, of vibe. is this a good dude or not, and I, and everyone did with him. So I don't think he wanted to hog all the limelight, which is why you see, which is why these other other guys in the band, the touring party. Yeah, make a name for themselves too, inadvertently. Well, I think, I mean, I'm just trying to think back of, because I haven't watched those videos in years. I'll have to go back and watch them because they were fucking, between that and like the the Metallica year and a half ones, <clears throat> like they were my Bibles growing up. Mm. Like that's that was the the framework of what I thought being in a band was all about and what you needed to do and the way that you acted and everything like that and and maybe probably not the the best sort of you know course of action to take if you if you're starting off in a band but it was this mysterious amazing world of craziness and fun and these big personalities but thinking about those videos like you look at like i mean vinnie is obviously a, a big personality and he loved that sort of stuff i mean they were brothers and but even phil Phil wasn't sort of overly in a lot of the stuff. He was, but he wasn't sort of as intense as the Abbott brothers. And Rex was sort of, he was there and he was sort of getting mm. into stuff, but nothing to the intensity of those guys. So it was almost like a case of Dime sort of saying, like, all the guys in the band aren't going to all be at my level. So I'll get the rest of my crew and I'll just, I'll, I'll share it out and make mm. that circle wider than just the four of us. I'll, I'll actually get like everybody. So the band's going to be 10, 15 people instead of just four. Yeah. You know, but um, those taglines, like so many catchphrases and in jokes and like stuff that doesn't even make sense, mm. but became like a fucking catchphrase. Just, it's just insane. Like how, how much of that still, still lingers. Particularly the stuff that makes no sense. Because that's yeah. the funniest. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, no doubt, like, I mean, I can only imagine the punishes that he would have got, you know, doing things like that, like an in-store signing stuff and whatever. And you'd have, like, guys coming up and, like, <clears throat> trying to get in on a personal joke, thinking that they know <laughs> all about it. And Dime's like, you know, okay, cool story, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't think you understand what this joke's all about. And the guy's like, yeah, I know, I know, man. Like, I know you really well. So, yeah, I reckon that he would get so many fucking, he would have got so many punishes over the years. Uh, well. If it bothered him, he hit it well. <laughs> um, so getting back to what you were asking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the guitars, it was yeah. So I haven't owned anything other than an ESP in well over two decades, and it was actually the it was the catalogue of a there was a place called Venue Music in Sydney that I was I would frequent probably because they're the only. The only shop that would stock ESPs, mm. and they were split floor shop amps and guitars and more guitars and all that sort of shit. And they had uh, catalogs that they would send out in the mail. And there was a picture of I saw of Hammett promoting his KH2, and it was just sitting on this right angle, not a, not a right angle, a particular angle. And I thought, what the fuck? What guitars? What the fuck is that? That looks fucking unreal. And what's that? Is that is that his black strat one? Yeah, it's his yeah, Mirage yeah. black one. Yeah, the reverse stock. And that kind of, that this was uh, of you know years of a few years of looking out what's out there and what do I like mm. basically mm. when you're a kid in school. And then <clears throat> that's that kind of tripped off the 
you know, the passion for these things because it just, it, I hadn't seen one like that before. And I would just go into venue music and just to look at these ESPs they had up on the wall. And uh, can I maybe, can I maybe, they knew I wasn't going to fucking buy that. <laughs> oh, I'm interested. <coughs> hey, I'm interested in uh, that guitar up there. I'm going to have to have a little strum if you don't mind. This, this, this scrawny young guy. Did you have an undercut as well at the time? Oh, fuck, probably. probably. <laughs> and after going in there for quite a long time, the bloke, I think his name was Robert who ran the place, owned and ran the place, he gave me this ESP shirt that's obviously just stuff they get from for promotion. Mm. And, and I remember it was like 10 sizes too big for me. And I, I still have it. It fits me quite well now. But back then, <laughs> it looked like I was wearing a bed sheet. And it was fucking amazing. This amazing shirt, the ESP embroidered logo on it and stuff. So, But that's um, that kind of kicked things off. And then in, uh, I would have sold everything else soon after but um come come 2004 i think it was i uh rang shane at b music because i was after a particular m2 in a particular color and i'd rung around sydney and fucking everywhere trying to find one people didn't <clears throat> i know they didn't seem to know esp particularly well mm. and i would explain things and I'm, you know, I'm not the one selling this stuff. I'm just the fanboy who wants to part with my money. Yeah. And no one would, no one understood it until I got hold of Shane one day. And he did. I'm like, fucking who's this, who's this guy? Hurrah, finally. Someone someone knows what I'm talking about. Even knows a few things more than me. Because I thought I, I knew quite a bit about it. <laughs> Probably do. I'm sure I do. But it was, it was quite a breath of fresh air when I spoke to Shane. Because he... He could actually give me the information I needed and help me do stuff and source colours and source parts and source models and, and all that kind of thing. Had, but by that stage, had you already had an ESP or an LTD or something? Yeah, 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 had, yeah. had something. But then that's, <clears throat> it was a few years into it when I'm really just going ape for it and that's all I had and all I wanted. What was the first, what was the first ESP model that you had? Um, I had an had a LTD... M three hundred or M three thousand or something, but the first like proper ESP was a, I think it was the um, it was the KH two. Oh really? So it was a nice, it was a nice first one to have. <clears throat> so I wasn't uh, well. I was I was a bedroom warrior, but I was fairly competent. I was mm. I was thought myself worthy of of owning it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh well, especially the KH. You, you know, probably knew how to how to play a blue scale and could uh, could could use a whammy uh, sort of whammy bar and wire pedal when when you needed to, if if you wanted to, or if that tick floated your boat, you probably could do it. I could bust out a few Hammond pentatonics. Yeah. 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 And um, probably you know, reload probably the album that you sort no, of really. No. <laughs> no. Everything before that though. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, how many, I know you've got quite a few uh, ESPs these days, but how many do you think you've had some total over the years bought, unsold, but had in your collection? I don't, I'm not really much of a seller, so it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be too different from what I've got now. So I can't count them all on two hands, but... Got a few. The, yeah, got quite a few, but not really a seller. So the stuff I'm 
really into is the stuff that's hard to get, really rare, often expensive, and once you get it, you don't you don't let it go. So. I mean, you told me a few a few sort of things about you like trying to trying to source guitars or find guitars, and like there's this it's like anything now. I mean, the internet's fucking amazing with finding these little niche communities, but like from what you told me, like there's these communities of people that are just as obsessed and in some cases probably more obsessed with ESP than, than you are as far as knowing all the little nuances and changes that have happened over the past several <clears throat> decades with the brand, you know, I mean, mm. so that the, the guitar you were talking about earlier, that, that latest one that you got, um, I think, when did you tell me it was, it was like limited, in limited production as well and it's from like sort of early 90s? The MX. Mm. <clears throat> it was a custom order only throughout 90s so they weren't just churned out of the factory yeah. and just you know made 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 and shipped off so they're only made to made to order only yeah and via custom shop yeah so not just your run-of-the-mill kind of production line um but obviously hetfield <clears throat> quite coveted because it was hetfield's mm. spec so everyone everyone wants what the big guys have <clears throat> and particularly when it's custom shop quality and you really need to play these guitars to to understand and appreciate custom shop craftsmanship as opposed to just production line general sort of, production line stuff yeah. which is often really good mm. but there's a big difference and anyone that says oh my <laughs> My production line, yada yada model, is just as good as this. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. They've never played it. Because if you... Fucking jog on, mate. It's, yeah, fucking hit the road. It's like comparing a Ferrari to a, a fucking VW Beetle or something from <laughs> 19 fucking 50 or whenever the hell they made. Yeah. You, you don't... You can't compare it. It's... The... Um... I mean, how many of those would they have made? Like, because obviously custom shops, like, you know, one at a time, and it's sort of. I know a lot of ESPs handcrafted, but um, <clears throat> it would have been fucking. Would have been short supply. Oh, like, no, I don't think anyone really knows how many were made. Mm. It's. Um, don't know how how good their records are. Don't know, which is adds to the the desire to own these things because you don't really know how many were made. People would, would, would assume a lot, yeah. probably quite a few. And then yeah. over the years, quite a few would be lost in house fires and, yeah. or stolen and not recovered and, or whatever. So that just limits the numbers even just more. destroyed, shitty yeah. stickers placed all over them and yeah. just fucking neglected. That's, I mean, that's a good thing about... I mean, it's like anything you collect. The longer you hold on to it, the, in, well, in a lot of cases, the, the higher-end value... Um, you know, it, it has because people are just fucking hopeless with mm. looking after shit. Like most people are pretty, pretty bad. Like even if you, you keep something at home and you don't touch it, it still uh, runs a risk of being attacked by the elements or mm. dust and shit like that. And so people, people just generally can't take care of things. So yeah. that's why, you know, the older things get, then the more desirable they are if they're found in good nick mm. so but i think you had to paint that one didn't you <clears throat> it was it was exactly as you just described someone yeah. had mistreated it horribly yeah but um not beyond the point of repair or anything mm. um so got it for got it for peanuts sent it had it sent to esp in japan and they they looked after it just strip it back just to 
bare, bare mahogany again. Look over it, tweak some things, respray it, and then everything that went back on it, bar the truss rod cover, which is a highly coveted little bit of kit, mm -hmm. particularly because it's the the sort of the Gibson style yeah. lawsuit one, as as it's called. So that's that's the only original piece that went back on, and um, and now it's it's essentially a, a brand new '90s. MX, which command a lot of dollars if you mm. were to sell it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people really, really fucking want. So why, why didn't you, <laughs> why didn't you just go and like take the guitar like out to, I don't know, Campbelltown and just like get some, someone to paint it there and just chuck a, chuck a coat of paint on it? Why'd you send it to Japan? Like, well, it'd be a bit of a waste of time. <clears> like, Remember we, remember we talked about if you're going to do it, and if we're going to do it, I'm all in. I'm going to do it properly, <laughs> and that's why I went to the best people, yeah, right. best people for the job. So, <laughs> so Mikado, uh, president of ESP Japan, very kindly looks after these things. It has done a few times for me, mm. not just on this one occasion, but a bunch of times he's he's received guitars for for work or paint job, and and looked after it, and I think he's. I think he appreciates the the fact that <clears throat> there are people out there like me who mm. who want to preserve these guitars and who essentially live for these guitars. It's not just guitar when I play it. It's great. It's the it's that brand as well. Like they've they make literally the best equipment for me and a lot of people. Mm. And the brand is the brand comes into the love of guitar yeah yeah so it's not just the guitar thing so he so he's very kindly looked after me a bunch of times i can't thank him enough and when you when you know that he's getting emails or phone calls from metallica representatives or fucking slayer or whoever about an order that they've got in or you know hey man when are we gonna get our next shipment of of M2s come in for the band, we, we go on tour. I like that American accent, it's really okay, good. Right. <laughs> and then a moment, like, you know, and then later on that day, he'll be talking to, you know, a bum like me in this little averagely known Aussie band uh, and doing doing me favours of the of the same calibre. It's really, really good people. I can't, I can't thank them or praise them enough for not only the way they, like, the way they do their work, mm. which is mind-blowingly it's exceptional it's mm. really really good work and but the way they treat their their artists and their artists people on their roster it's um it's commendable because you're, you're not made to feel like average joe you just you feel like you're just as just as appreciated and valued as as james hetfield or fucking whoever else you know you're not a nobody it's um, it's pretty. I mean, we've, I mean, we've been really fucking lucky over the years with with those guys in Japan, and you know, those first first few times going over there, and you know, going to the factories and going to you know, their, their different sites in whether it be Tokyo and Nagoya or whatever, and and just, I mean, it's probably a cultural thing as well, uh, but like obviously super polite and as you said like the respect level regardless of who the fuck you are is is pretty cool and to be able to walk through and see how they operate and the like 
to, to watch them sort of handcraft these guitars and then also to to walk past and see that you know they're doing a custom shop order for for one of the guys in Slayer or you know there's, <clears throat> there's some Metallica guitars just sitting there ready to be shipped out or whatever and they're not like just carbon copies of Metallica's guitars they're actually for Metallica mm. and you sort of just sit there and go what the fuck are we doing here but it's mm. it's like it's incredible and and yeah Makoto's like been ridiculously uh generous uh with us over the years and like even um last year when uh when i went over there for for a few days and then you seized the opportunity and gave me a fucking guitar body <laughs> i think i i think i really started to understand i guess not only not only the dedication that those guys have in japan but i think the dedication that you've got to really not half-assing the way that you approach these guitars because like for, for people to sort of get an understanding, Mark gives me a body of a guitar. I can't mm. remember what it is. You can tell me in a sec. Um, and you, I had to come over, pick it up. But then you also gave me not a lecture, but you, you really sort of reinforced exactly what you wanted and you repeated yourself several times. And I think you just really wanted to drill it into my skull of exactly what you needed because you didn't want me to fuck it up. And, and it was for good reason. Like I probably would have mucked it up. Um, and then when I was over there, because like in uh, Chanamazu in Tokyo, they've got the guitar district and it's just fucking next level. It's, it's amazing. So you also gave me a nice little shopping list of all these little fucking bits of hardware. I did too. Yeah, that, I um, yeah. that, I, that I had to go and uh, try and track down. And <clears throat> Some of it was quite easy and some of it was fucking hard. And, and it was fun. It was, it was really, really good. And the guys at the ESP stores were like running around, like having little conversations with each other, trying to work it out and scratching their heads. And like there was a few things there where they just, they were, they were struggling and they were really trying to work it out. But they, they found it in the end. Like, well, there's one, I don't know what it was, but there was one piece where they actually sent like a runner, like one of the, one of the young guys, like down the street and must've gone like a block over to another, another site or whatever, just to grab like a little packet of something, like one of these little pieces of hardware, like a fucking screw. What or... a particular type of screw. Like, yeah. It was some... I wasn't about to put just any old screw on, on, you know, the back cover or something. It had to be cover screws. Oh, that was like, it was an impressive list of stuff. And like, it wasn't, you know, like anybody that's got a guitar, like, you know, you've, you've this particular guitar type, you know, uh, pieces of hardware that are, that are used for guitars only, but there's also like, like nuts and bolts, like not, well, not, not nuts and bolts, but like screws in there. Mm. And you had particular screws with the photos attached and like everything there. And like, just no compromise whatsoever. Like I could imagine fucking Joe Blow goes up. Oh, I've lost a screw on the back, the back plate or whatever. Oh, fucking let's just go to Bunnings. Yep. That'll work. Oh. And just shove it in the back there. keeps it together. But different story for you, and <clears throat> and they and they to be honest, like the guys over there, they fucking loved it. They like they were going, oh, what's this for? Blah blah. I, go, I don't know. Like, <laughs> 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 they were like, oh, you're so, they said something like, oh, so, uh, um, very you're very uh, very particular. They, they had a different word for that, but they were basically saying how fucking particular these things were and they were almost laughing at how like anal it was and like well you know here we are so yeah it's my mate yeah. what, what guitar was that for uh that was a an m2 deluxe yeah it was a, um, i think it's all, it was a light uh, a late 90s uh m2 deluxe dx mm. and it it just needed new paint so i bought that in japan on online auction mm. 
with the help of uh, someone, probably Maru. And um, it was quite uh, well looked after. It was in really good shape, but the paint just looked like it had been sunburnt or something funky environmentally that affected it. But easy work for the custom shop. So they tore that down and put a nice um, dressing of, of pearl white back over it. And... I rebuilt it with all brand new and very particular screws and all that sort of stuff. And now it's a, a fine machine to sort of look at and play. So I, I had, uh, so you gave me that, that body. And so you'd, you'd taken the neck off and everything. So, and all the hardware, so everything was out, just the, the body itself and wrapped up in, in bubble wrap. And so then I, I had a little suitcase. So I put that neatly in there and <coughs> wrapped it up with 50 million layers and everything. So I was ultra paranoid that I oh, go fuck. I mean, even though it was, it was going to be repainted, I mm. just, fucking there's no i'm not taking any risks here and then um makoto was like just an absolute legend and uh invited because i went over with some some friends uh so actually i should uh so turner lammy craig jerry jerry uh andrew andrew craig been on the podcast um oh fuck did i miss anyone oh fucking no i'll suck shit for that person i missed i don't think i haven't missed anyone anyway um so Makoto invited us out to the factory. I let him know that I was going to come, and uh, and so I carried this little <clears throat> little guitar in a in an Enviro bag with uh, you know, bubble wrap around it on the on the train. Went out to went out to the factory, and then he came and picked this up and drove to the drove to the factory there, and uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and I'm standing there with him. I go, look, this is what he wants, blah blah blah, and he basically just said, I know. Like, he's already told me, and I'm like, oh, fuck, all right. And here I'm, like, trying to, like, I had it written down on my phone to make sure that I got everything right. And he's like, no, nah, yeah, he basically said, yeah, like, you don't need to waste your breath. Like, I already know. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, I probably emailed him and sent him pictures. Overcompensated and, everything. Just and, uh, to, You didn't want to just take any risks here. Just well, cover all bases. Explain it to him in English, but then I'll, I'll make up some images and use the, the translator, and I'll copy Japanese text yeah. onto the images. Just on the off chance that the builder or someone doing something might be unsure. Just want to cover all those bases, and, you know, just uh, overthinking it as well. <laughs> just want it to be dead on right. Uh, well, I left it there with him and uh, it was good to good to ca- catch up with Makoto. And then eventually, I, I guess, um, the guy shipped it back to you. Mm. And he, he got it back mm. and did you a good job. some money on shipping, so thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, now I brought you back a little shopping bag of... Oh yeah, five hundred bucks worth of parts and hardware and everything, <laughs> and I think um, even even Jerry, uh, I think got. I mean, he I think sort of planning to go to Japan. He was sort of in in his mind going to buy a guitar anyway. But mm. I think um, I think he got he got swept up in the in the ESP fever because uh, yeah. we went we went to the fact it was like one of the first days we went to the factory, and then after that we went to a Chinama Zoo, and uh, and I think he was just like he had ESP in his in his in his eyes. He was just he's ready to go and he he dropped some good coin on a guitar so mm. and lugged that one back home mm. so it was, it was actually quite amusing to see jerry uh lugging a guitar that was i mean he's a he's not a big guy and uh that guitar was almost the size of him in the case and him trying to navigate a um navigate tokyo subways and and a train <laughs> and everything and i wasn't going to help him fuck that i think if you stand the guitar up Lengthways, it's actually taller than Jerry. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. I love you, Jerry. <laughs> anyway, um, fuck. Well, I'm gonna pick all these uh, Fallen Idols booklets off your table, and uh, I'm gonna get into the car and go down to 
Timothy's house mm-hmm. and get him to pen uh, his autograph on some of these, and then I'll start shipping them out to people. Sounds good. Shipping them all over the world. It's been pretty good. Lots of people are going to hopefully enjoy the album. I hope so. Good stuff. All right. That's enough. Okay. All right. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, likewise. If you want to reach out to Mark and, I don't know, talk about how he eats a carton of eggs a day or lifts weights or whatever, you can go over to the show notes over at antisocial.net and I'll have all of uh, Mark's social media handles there. You can just search for Mark Fertney. He's on, well, he's on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, He's got a Twitter account. Actually, go and check out Mark's Twitter account. He's going to fucking hate me saying this. He made a Twitter account about, what, 10 years ago or something like that. And he just used it to put really bad uh, rap lyrics in there that he made up. Um, And I think most of them are about uh, shitting. So Go and check that out. I don't think he's used the account in probably about 10 years anyway, but you can go and follow him on there and maybe he might be inclined or motivated to get on there and delete a bunch of tweets. I don't know. But uh, go and check Mark out on all the socials. I have links in the show notes. And of course, uh, lord.net.au will have lots of info on Mark and our new album, Fallen Idols, and everything to do with the band and uh, everything that he's been a part of over the past several years. Um, Also, uh, Mark's uh, album, From uh, From Beyond album, is uh, on Bandcamp, um, on the Dominus Records uh, web store, so you can go check that out. And um, he's got another album in the works. Um, it's done. We're just waiting patiently for him to release it. So go and hassle him about that as well. So um, go and reach out to him. Let him know what you thought of the episode. Um, tell him that you want to hear more of him on the podcast and tell him to release the uh, new From Beyond album as well. So lots of lots of call to actions there for Mark. Anyway, um, now a few things before we wrap it up. Lord, here we are, a week into the new release, things going really well. I am recording this a little bit in advance, not too much. Um, It is past release date. I think it's the 2nd of August, so maybe a week. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, look, I'll tell you what's happening right now. Uh, I'll, I'll talk a week in the past. Two days ago, we released the album. And it has been going ridiculously well. Uh, pre-orders, we sold out um, by release date. They are completely gone. I'm in the process of uh, packaging up all the final orders. Yes, I've been packaging up every single freaking order. Um, there's been hundreds of them and I've been sending them out all over the world. So if you got one from uh, us, it was from me. I've packed all those things. So you'll probably understand why there's uh, trading cards of Mark Mark in there and all sorts of other weird and wonderful things. Um, I've just spent a lot of uh, extra time putting uh, little bits of love in there. So um, that sounds weird. So um, I've been sending all of them out. I've got the last few to send out to people. And uh, the second pressing of the album is arriving now. And uh, we'll start uh, sending that out to people. So people can go and buy that. Uh, it's over on our Bandcamp page. So if you just go to lord.net.au, there's plenty of links. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all those places. So you can grab uh, the music in other formats. And um, it's going really well. So um, thank you so much for everyone that just jumped on this, supported us, and has been giving us so many uh, great messages of encouragement, great positive uh, reviews, and encouraging other people to check out the music, sharing these songs around. It's all on YouTube, um, all the uh, the uh, topic, um, what do you call it, the, the Lord Topic stuff. It's off CD Baby, like the dig- digital distro. So if you find, anyway, it's all on YouTube. It's on Spotify, all that stuff. And people are sharing this stuff around. It's fantastic. Um, people are still buying the album. And um, it's just, it's been great. Um, there's been very little criticism. I think the only criticism that we got was one weird one that said that we would never... Uh, 
we would never be in the spotlight for any particular genre, but our album was really good. It was, it was a weird one. Anyway, apart from that, the, the feedback's been really, really good. So um, we're really happy. We uh, need to push it big in Europe. Um, at the, It's probably not the best timing to release an album with all the European festivals going on. A lot of distraction, but um, we're going to push hard. So if you know anyone in Europe, any metal fans, uh, pass it around. If it's just one song, um, it would be a, a big help for us. We want to get word out there and get a bit of people power to spread the word. So, so far, so good. We're really happy, really proud of uh, what's going on and really appreciative of the support that you guys have been giving us. Uh, self-starter, self-starter, we are in full swing. I think by the time this uh, episode comes out, ooh, what episode will be at? Episode 35, maybe, or 36? I can't remember. I can't remember. But um, it's coming soon. Thank you so much for all the ones that, uh, all the support that you guys have been giving for the episodes that have been out so far for season two. And we're going to run this right up until the end of December. And then I'll make a make a judgment call as to what I do after that. But um, it's been really great. People have been uh, sharing those around and recommending them to lots of different people. I've been getting lots of great suggestions for people to join the Self-Starter podcast. So uh, lots of stuff there. So thank you very much for that. And and um, what else? Uh, uh, the Getting Into Podcast series. Uh, once again, plug, plug, plug. Um, you can check out the video series that I recorded. Uh, Tim helped me out with this over at SL- SLS Studios. Um, the 11-part video series is on Facebook, on my Facebook page um, in the video section, or it's on YouTube. Just search for my name on any of those platforms or search for Getting Into Podcasts. And there's an 11-part series, two-minute or so videos, all bite-sized, very basic stuff, and just gives you a little bit of a a taste of uh, what to consider when starting your own podcast. And uh, the whole purpose of this is to encourage as many people to start their own podcast as possible. Um, I want I want you guys to get out there and, and start your own shows and I'm happy to help and I want to be a part of it and uh, just get more and more people to have their own voice, share their ideas, their, their opinions, even if they're shit opinions, don't care. I want people out there to express themselves and even if it's just a bit of entertainment and a bit of fun. Um, the more people out there, I think it's a really healthy thing to do. It's been really amazing for me. It's been a big self-development tool and I think more people need to get out there and do their own podcast. Podcast. So um, go and check out those video series. If, you, if you've got any questions, let me know. If you go to uh, andydowling.net or andysocial.net, there'll be a pop-up window to join my mailing list. Um, there's also a tab on my Facebook page to join the mailing list. If you sign up for that, you'll get a PDF download, which is about I think it's about 17 or 18 pages. Let's just say 20. And um, they are more detailed notes from the podcast series, plus some additional content around anti-social, self-starter, and Lord as well. So uh, a bunch of stuff in there. It's just a little bit of an introduction into me and my world. And um, I will eventually, when I pull my finger out, start doing monthly uh, newsletters um, that will cover things from all my little uh, different pockets, different things I'm involved with. And I also want to uh, start offering things to people, a little exclusive deal discounts, uh, giveaways, stuff that people that are only on the mailing list will be able to uh, get. So I'm going to work on that. I've got a lot of ideas. I've got too many ideas. If anything, it's probably a problem I have, Um, but I just need to get it all up and running. So sign up, stay tuned. Uh, You won't be getting harassed uh, in your mailbox anytime soon because I've got a lot of other priorities, but the mailing list will come and that's that's the gist of uh, where it's all going to go. So go and check all that out. I think that's enough. I have no idea who's next week because um, I did bulk record, but then, uh, well, look, I'm working on another project. Yeah, and I can't help myself. I know, I know. I think a few of you guys know what it is because I've uh, spilt the beans at some of these shows on the tour. Um, but a really exciting thing that's going to um, help promote Fallen Idols. Um, and I, w- I really want to announce it, but I'm not going to do it yet because I haven't quite finished it. Um, so I don't know who's coming next next week. I did bulk record, but um, I I haven't quite worked this out. I've, I've sort of... 
um, I'm a bit disjointed. So um, stay tuned. It's going to be a surprise for me. So uh, until next week, folks, take care. Keep spreading the word. Pass the album around. Share these episodes. Uh, just listen to, to it. Anyway. All right. Catch us. Okay. Bye. See ya. Larry. Larry, please.